everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. All right, guys, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Job. Job, Job, chapter one. All right, you guys, you guys know me, right? I'm going to introduce myself. My name is... Hey, all right, cool, awesome. Yeah, if you don't know, if this is your first time, come here. My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here in Maranatha. Uh, our high school pastor, Eric, not sure where he's at, but I guess we look alike. That's why he has me speaking. No, but rest in peace. Now he's on vacation, on vacation. So let me ask you this. How many of you guys went to the DR mission trip? Raise your hand on the DR mission trip. Yeah, awesome. How many of you guys just came back from the island? Man, what time did you guys get back? Saturday? Yeah, yesterday. What time? 6.15, man. Well, I don't, want to put you, I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but if you went to the DR, if anybody wanted to share just one thing that God challenged them in that trip, if, you, if you're willing to share, it has to be long, just one thing that you're like, man, God did this in the DR, and it was awesome. If anybody wanted to share, if you went on that trip. Prayer is important. That's right. That's awesome. Awesome. Now, for those that went to the island, I don't know why I said it like that because it's actually not. But uh, we're Life Island. What did God challenge you there? What's one thing on the island that if you went, if you want to share, what did God challenge you in the island? Yeah. Yeah, surrendering life. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for sharing all that, too, guys. So, but listen, if you went to the DR, if you didn't go or anything like that, here's the thing. God still has a purpose for you, all right? That our mission is not just to go to the DR, the island, but also here where we live, that there's people who are searching hope, are searching for love, acceptance, and they're trying to find in different areas without knowing the true hope, which is Jesus, Right? And so that's why God wants us. That's why hopefully you come here every Sunday, uh, every Bible study, so you can know this God so that way you can share it to others and you as well too. So we're so glad that you guys uh, had an opportunity to go to the island. I, used, I worked there back in the day. That's back in the day. All right, so we're doing a series called It Is Well, all right? Now, Eric was sick the, the first time that he was supposed to kind of explain it, uh, the, the series. But basically the series about how to find encouragement when you're discouraged. How many of you have been discouraged in your life? Raise your Come on. Everybody. If you've been discouraged, if you've been down, like, man, you're like, man, I don't know what, what's going on. Maybe you're, like, depressed. Maybe you're just sad, right? And you're listening to those sad songs over and over again. But, but the, the, this series, and we're going to talk about this morning, is how do we get out of that depression, that sadness, and find hope? And find hope. Because uh, here's the thing. When, I don't know about you, but... When you're going through a hard time, where do you find your hope? When things in your life are not going as you plan it to be, where do you go to find hope or happiness or joy? But also, do you feel that there's so much going on that you can't even think straight when your life is kind of going crazy? Right, there's a word called overstimulation. Right, that kind of talks about when your nerves are kind of just like hits its highest peak, whether it be the environment that you're in, that it kind of leads you to having a depressing attitude, uh, bitterness, anger, 
Uh, one doctor says that you're, like, you can't even think straight because you're so overstimulated with everything that you're, you're hearing, you're seeing, you're watching, that your nerves cannot make you sit or think straight. I don't know if you've ever been that way, especially when you're discouraged, especially when you're, man, when you're your lowest low, where you're so overstimulated with things, maybe people telling you stuff, maybe things you're looking at, that you can't even think straight, but also remember who God is during that time. So if you have your Bibles, hope you guys do. We're going to look at the book of Job. We're going to look at Job. We're going to talk about the dangers of being overstimulated with, with different voices in your life when we're discouraged, but also how to find encouragement, especially when you are discouraged, especially when there's hard times in your life. Now, the book of Job uh, is, is kind of one of uh, books of poetry that is, is talked about in the Bible, five of them. But this one, we all know the whole topic is about suffering, right? And the main question is, why do bad things happen? That's the whole theme of the book of Job. Why does bad things happen? Now remember, the series that we're, this, that we're ending today actually is called It Is Well. All right, how many of you guys remember, ever heard that hymn, It Is Well With My Soul? I'm not going to sing it, but it's one of my favorite hymns. It Is Well With My Soul, right? Can you say that even when things don't go your way? Can you say it is well with my soul even when you're depressed, even when you're in the lowest of low, when you're going through a hard time in your life, can you say, it is well with my soul? Now, the man that wrote that hymn, I think it was like 1860-something, uh, Horatio Spafford, he was a lawyer in Chicago, all right? So he had, had a family, had kids, and uh, if you read the history books, there's a huge, it's a big event called the Chicago Fire right, uh, that it just this caught fire all around Chicago. Well, this man lost one of his kids in that fire, all right? So it was a hard time, even through that, he lost a lot of his business. He was, he was a lawyer, but also a businessman, so he lost a lot of his business, lost a lot of his home, all this stuff. So all this, man, he was going through a hard time. Then an evangelist named D.L. Moody from Chicago, he was speaking, he was uh, doing a, a gospel presentation in England, and he invited him and his family to come, just to come, to rest, to be encouraged through God's word. And so uh, Horatio Spafford, what he did, he couldn't go with his family, but he told his wife and his, and his girl and his kids, hey, you guys go ahead and I'll meet you there. He had to do some business stuff uh, at home, and so he's like, hey, you guys go ahead, you guys enjoy England, have some fun, and I will meet you there. Uh, but then he gets a telegram a couple of weeks later and finds out that the ship that his wife and the kids were sank. Now think about this. This man is going through some crazy stuff. Lost his home, businesses, his whole family. And it says that he got on the boat and was going to England. And he asked the captain, or he asked someone on, on the ship to say, Can you, when we get to the spot where the ship sank, can you please tell me? I want to see it. And so someone knocked on, on his door and said, hey, we're at the area that we think the boat sank. And so he went out there, and, then, and it says that he was out there. He was looking at the ocean, and these words came out of, it is well with my soul. And this, these are the words that came out. He was praying this to the Lord. He says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea barrels roll, whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to know it is well, it is well with my soul. That's what he was thinking. As he was looking at the place where his family, man, sank, 
what came to mind when he was saying, it is well with my soul, because he knew where his soul belonged, which was with God. But how do we have that attitude? How do we have that attitude that, man, even if we go through hard times, how, do we still, how can we still say, it is well with my soul? You see, Job kind of went through that same question. So let's look at Job, and we're going to kind of look at his life. All right, so read with me in Job chapter 1, and we're going to be introduced by the main character, you can say, Job. And it says this, Job chapter 1, verse 1, says that there was a man in the country of Oz named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. So we see here, who is Job? Job, we see up here, he's complete integrity, meaning he was honest. Like this man was just honest, not to say like he was perfect, but he was honest. He tried his best to be honest, wouldn't lie. He was just a man of integrity. He's a man that you can trust, basically. He was a good friend. This was who Job was. Also, he feared God. What do you think it means that to fear God? We see that in the Bible a lot, like so-and-so feared God. What does that mean to you when you, when you think that phrase, fear God? He obeys. Yeah, he honors. Honors God. Understanding who God is, how powerful he is, that the fear is this, that, man, I want, I want to honor him with my choices that I make in my life. And so this was the kind of man Job was. Job was a man that honored God, that he understood who God was, how powerful he was, but also know how much he loved him as well, that with his life he brought honor and glory to God. So we see Job was an honest man. He honored God. And this was interesting to me. He turned away from evil. He turned away from evil. Meaning that he had no desire to follow evil. No desire to even flirt with it. No desire to even like taste what evil may, may taste like. He just turned away from it. So this is the kind of man Job was. It's also said, man, he was, kind of, he was rich as well. He was rich. He had a great family, had many kids. But we're going to see something here that kind of, man, Job trusted in God, but it kind of turns to the question to more like, hey, Job, do you really trust in who God is? Because life is good, right? We see here life is good, wife, kids, success. He's honoring God. He's a man of integrity. He's, he's man, he, he's turned away from evil. Life is good. But then we see here on verse 6, it says, one day, so, one day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with him. The Lord asked Satan, where have you come from? From roaming through the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hinge around him, his household, and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hand, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord said to Satan, everything he owns is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day, so we see that. We see this conversation. There's a conversation between Satan and God. And God say, hey, have you seen my servant Job? 
Look how faithful he is. He is a man of integrity. He is honest. He honors me with his life. He turns away from evil. And what does Satan say? He's like, yeah, of course he does because he's being blessed. Life is good. He said, but if you take all that stuff away, he's going to curse at you. Now think about that. Think about your life. Maybe your life is good or not. But if God would take things away from you, will you still be, honor him? Will you still love him? And will you still turn away evil and still follow him? Because that's what Satan's saying. Satan's basically saying, listen, this man Job loves you, God, because he gets, his life is, man, smooth, it's good. Life is awesome. But he said the instant that you take that stuff away from him, he's going to hate you. He's going to turn away from you. And God said, all right, everything he owns is in your power, but you cannot lay a hand on him, which I think is still cool, right? People kind of focus on, man, why did all this stuff go away? But I love that verse still that God said, hey, but you cannot lay a hand on my child. And that should comfort us to know that, man, listen, our stuff can go away, but God is still control of our lives. He still loves us and he still cares for us. So we see this, we see the conversation ends, and Satan starts his evil plan to prove to God that Job loves God just because his life is good. And we see the first instance here in verse 13 is that his sons and, and his daughters were eating or hanging out, and, his, and the whole house on, catches on fire. The servants come and tell him and say, man, your, your kids are dead. Your kids are gone. And after that, there's more and more things happening inside of him. The second test is happening. There's all kinds of things that are happening. But I want to focus on this. So we see that Job is a man of integrity. He's a man that honors God with his life. He's a man that turned away from evil, right? But Satan said what to God? The reason why he loves you, God, is because of all the stuff that you've given him. If you take that away, he's going to hate you. So God said, all right, don't touch him, though. You can touch his stuff, but not him. And so he takes everything away. And so all this... This test that's happening in Job's life is taking place. But here's the interesting thing. In verse 22, look at Job 1.22. His family is gone. His home that he owns, everything he owns is gone. And look at verse 22. It says this. Throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Think about that. His kids just passed. He lost his home. He lost, he had all these animals and everything. This, but I love that. He says, throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. He was still being faithful to God. But here comes overstimulation. Here comes all these voices that trying to explain the answer. Why does bad things happen? So looks like, let's look at the first person that tries to encourage Job. And it's Job's wife. You know what Job's wife basically says? He says in verse 9, Job's wife says this, His wife said to him, You are still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. What a great wife, right? Like, that's the wife I want. They say, hey, curse God and die. Basically, she's saying, the reason, this is all God's fault. Curse God, hate God, and die. Like, this is the encouragement that Job's wife is giving Job. Now, remember, this dude's going through a hard time. Going through a hard time. He's even, we're going to see though later too that, man, he started getting like rashes on his skin and all this stuff like this. So he's going, he's in pain. He's in pain. And his wife says, curse God and die. Now we see some friends that come in. 
But here's, here's the cool thing, though. Here's the interesting thing. We see that Job responds to his wife in verse 10. He says, you speak as a foolish woman speaks, he told her. Should we not accept only good from God and not adversity? Throughout all this, Job did not sin in what he said. So check out this. So Job's wife said, hey, Job, curse God and die. And Job says, should we accept only good from God? Like, is the only, the only thing that we should love God is because he gives us good things? Or should we still love him even when we're going through hard times? I remember a, uh, a couple years ago uh, when I was a youth minister, a fifth grader came up to me and he asked me this question. He's like, why do Christians suffer? Why do those who follow God that goes to church, goes to mission trip, goes to camp, try to tell people about Jesus, why do they suffer? And I asked him, do you think Christians should suffer? He's like, no, I don't think Christians should suffer. And so he asked me, why? Why is there suffering still in the life of a Christian? And I said a couple things. I said, one, because this world's full of sin, Right? This world is cursed and it's sin. Sin is why evil things are happening in our world. Sin is why things are, evil things are happening in your life because of this curse of sin and that what makes us want to have Jesus as our Savior. Secondly as well is our choices. Our choices that we make has consequences. What did Job do? He turned away from evil. He turned away from evil and saw the blessing of God and not necessarily the things that he had, but his relationship with God was strong. Because why? When his kids died, would it say that he didn't curse God at all? He was so faithful because he had a strong relationship with God. He knew who God was. But also, we suffer as believers because of the choices of others. Listen, sin, well, when you hear the word sin, what comes to mind? If someone came up to you and said, hey, what's the definition of sin? What would you give them? Say it again, sorry. Yeah, doing something that God does not like, right? I like that. Also, our uh, first grader told me it's the opposite of God. It's everything bad, right? And so, listen, sometimes we think when we sin, we're just affecting our lives. But also when we sin, we affect the lives of those around us. And so sometimes there's bad things that happen in our lives, maybe in the life of your friend or you because of choices they're making as well. But I also believe the reason why we go through suffering, as we see here with Job, is so that we remember who God is and trust him and not in ourselves. Because let's be honest, we love to fix things, right? Like we love, if there's a problem, we want to fix it. We think we can take care of it, but we can't. And here, here's Job's wife saying, curse God and die. And Job says, should we only... Should we only love God, accept only good from God, and not the bad things in life? And I remember telling this fifth grader, I was like, listen, if our life was always good as Christians, we would not, I would not trust in God. I would trust in Steve. If everything was smooth and perfect, I would probably trust less and less in God and trust more and more in myself. You see, that's what hard times happen in our lives, that hopefully it pushes you more into God, not questioning who he is, but just saying, God, what do I need to learn from this situation? And Job understood that. Job said, why do I, and Job goes on and says, why do I, why, why don't I die as I came from the womb? And say, man, God has me. Why should I die? So we see that wise response was, man, curse God and just die. Some good advice there. Second, we see, we see, not really, it was a joke, but all right. Now we see some friends come in. 
there's three friends that uh, Job has that came and be, be with Job. And interesting here that these friends start out well, all right? They had good intentions. They came in and said for, I think, seven days, Job was just sitting down in pain with skin rashes, everything he's losing. He's just going through a hard time. He's sitting down. You know what his three friends did? Sat with him in silence for seven days. They didn't say anything. Just was there. Basically saying, Job, we're here for you, man. We, we want to encourage you, man. We're here. We're here. But then they started talking. Then they thought, we know the answer to this question of why you're suffering, Job. We know why you're going through hard times. So we see the first friend here. In uh, Job chapters 4 and 5, his, one of his friends, we see here that basically he tells him this. Bad things happen to bad people. So he basically is saying, Job, you did something, man. You're doing something, and this is why you're going through a hard time. Like, bad things happen to bad people. But what did we just read? What was one of the, the characteristics of Job? Integrity, right? He was a man of integrity. He was honest. He turned away from evil. And so Job responds, for the despairing man, there should be kindness from his friend so that he does not abandon the fear of the Almighty. Job 6, 14. Job says, listen, if you're a true friend, you should be encouraging me and not pulling me away from the Lord because I've done nothing. I'm a man of, you know, he, we see he's honest. He's, he's he turned away from evil. He's honoring God with his life. But his friend says, basically saying, man, you did something. You did something. It's all you. It's all your fault. And Job's like, no. The second friend, Bildad, comes in and says, this is because of God's justice. In Job chapter 8, he's basically saying, because of what you did, this is your consequences. Now remember, Job is a, he's an honest man. He's honoring God. He turned away from evil. And Job responds, remember that you have made me as clay, yet you turn me into dust again. Job 10, 9, then goes on. Why then did you bring me out of the womb if only I had to die? And no eye have seen me, Job 10, 18. And basically saying, I'm innocent. Job's like, I haven't done anything. There's nothing that I can see in my life that's bringing this on, honor to God. But two, friend one and friend two, we see this, hey man, this is on you, man. And friend three comes and says, bad things happen to bad people because of God's justice. So here's these friends. These three friends, they start out with well intentions. They sat with them for seven days saying nothing, trying to encourage them, trying to be there for them. That's what a friend is. But the problem was this. Their point of view of what was happening was not a biblical view. Was not a biblical view of who God was and the situation itself. And so here's, a, here's an encouragement. If you try to encourage your friends, just make sure the wisdom you give is biblical. Like every time when there's a big issue happening to my friends and stuff, before I give advice, I ask someone else who's a little more mature spiritually and say, hey, my friend's going through this. I'm about to give him this advice. Is this, is this good? Not in everything, but just big major events that are happening in my friend's life. I always ask for advice before I give advice. Does that make sense? You see, these guys had well intentioned. They were trying to encourage his friends going through a hard time, but it wasn't true, the things that they were saying. So we see Job's wife and Job's friend, man, just trying to, man, trying to figure out this problem, why you're going through these things, but not give him the correct and guidance in that. But Job's response here, some highlights that I want to go over of, of Job's um, attitude. So he, he's been faithful, but all of a sudden, man, he just kind of like starts questioning God. 
He starts questioning God, but he, he says this, even if it kills me, I will hope in him, Job 13, 15. So he's still hoping in God. He said, no matter what happens, I'm still hoping. If I, if I knew, if I know that my Redeemer lives and at last he will stand upon the earth, Job 19, 25. He goes on and says, yet he takes the way I have taken, then he holds a test, then he has tested me. I will emerge as pure gold. And then Job 27 through 4, he says this, as long as my breath in me and the spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak falsehood. So here is, he's still being faithful. Even hearing all this, these voices tell him, hey man, this is your fault, this is your fault, this is God, you're getting you all this stuff, all this negativity or whatever. He's still faithful. But then he comes to a point where he just kind of like starts kind of questioning God kind of gives in to this, these false ad, 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 ad advice. And he starts questioning God, like, what's going on? Why are you doing it? What's happening? And then God speaks. And that should be fearful in itself. <laughs> but God speaks and talks about basically saying this. Look at Job 38.4. says this. Where were you when I established the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Basically saying, hey, why are you questioning me? He goes on and says, man, have you ever fought dinosaurs before? No. Have you ever fought the biggest, largest creature in the sea? No. Have you made this, 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 this? No. And God said, then why are you questioning me? I love what he said, that where were you when I established the earth? Like, I have everything under control. And why are you questioning who I am? And in the last of these chapters here, God basically describes who he is to Job and reminds him of who he is. And Job, you know what Job says? Nothing. He's just quiet. And just listens to God, remind him who he is. It reminds me of that verse in Psalms. It says, be still. You know that verse? It says, be still and know what? That I am God. So guys, I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe life is good right now. Maybe life is tough. Maybe you're in the storm. Maybe you're like Job, things are going crazy. But here's what you need to do sometimes. To not be overstimulated by different voices or, or different things, but just maybe turn everything off, be still, and listen to God. And remember who he is, because that's what God did to Job. And Job just was like in silence. To where Job's response was in, in Job 42.6, he says, I reject my words. I am sorry for them. I am dust and ashes. Other versions say that, and I repent of what I said. So Job, so God, so Job was kind of questioning God a little bit, like, what's going on? Where are you? What's happening? God answered, said, this is who I am. How dare you question me of, of, of my character, of who I am, but just got to trust in who I am. And Job says, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I repent of the things that I've said. And see, the, the book of Job could end right there. Just as to how great God is, how mighty God is, but then it actually doesn't end that way. We see that, man, Job continues to be faithful to God even through this test that, that Satan is trying to prove to God he was still faithful. But then we see at the end of the book that God blesses him even more. He blesses him with more kids, with more livestock, with more money, all this stuff. But it's because it's not the blessing that I want you guys to focus on. It's his relationship with God. Because you know what? The Apostle Paul, you guys remember the Apostle Paul? He's a persecute Christians, hated Christians, then he gets saved himself and becomes a missionary. He was wealthy as well before he knew Christ. But in the book of Philippians, he said this, there's nothing greater than knowing God. He said, I don't care if I lost all my money. I don't care if I lost all my stuff. The most important thing is this, that I know Christ. And it's through him that gives me strength 
to make him known. And so guys, listen, the whole story of Job, I don't want you to focus on the stuff that he got. Oh, okay, so I obey God, I'm gonna get blessing. No, what I wanna focus on this is this, how faithful he was to God. But yet when he kind of strayed away a little bit, God kind of brought him back. And so my question for you is this, how strong is your relationship with God? How strong is your relationship with God that can you say, if you go through hard times, yes, it is well with my soul, no matter what happens in your life? Can you say, it is well, because I know who God is? So the question I have is this, how can we find encouragement when we're discouraged? How do we get out of this discouragement? How do we, how do we flee from this? The first thing is this, by knowing who God is. Now remember, it said that, that Job honored God Job knew God. He spent time with God. Even when we see that first test came in at the end of verse 22, he said that God, uh, Job did not curse God because he had a strong relationship with God. He said he prayed every morning. He spent time with God every morning. He had a deep relationship with God. We see this in Psalms 119.10. says, well, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. You see, the way we know who God is is by reading his word by spending time in God's word to understand who he is and how much he loves us. So that when you're going through hard times, you know who God is. You know that God is there for you. You know that God cares for you. And you know this, that whatever happens in your life is all for his glory. That has a purpose. You see, God does not waste pain. Whatever pain you have in your life, God does not waste that. He uses that for his glory. And just we see here, Job, you know, I believe that Job's relation with God got even stronger through this storm that he went through. And not because of the things he got, but because he found out who God really is. And do you know who God is? Do you really know this God that loves you so well? And the way we know God is by reading his word. So how much time do you spend studying God's word? And I know you hear this every time we come here in church, but it's so important, Right? like with your friends or your relationships, like the way you get to know them is by what? Spending time with them. And the more you spend time with this, the more you'll be still and remember who God is. So how do we find encouragement when we're discouraged? It's by knowing who God is, spending time with him in the word and knowing that he's there for you, he cares for you, and that everything we go through, there's a purpose and a plan that he wants to use for his glory, to bring people to him. Secondly is this, seeking godly wisdom. Seeking godly wisdom. Being careful of the wisdom that you get. Now remember, here's Job, right? His friends, his wife, a little crazy. His wife said, hey, curse God and die. Not even encouragement or anything. Just say, Job, just curse God. That's bad advice. His friends started off well, sat with Job for seven days, hanging out, not saying anything, just being there. And then they gave some not godly advice, more confusion than help, basically. And here in James 1.5 says, if, anyone, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all who out with, without reproach and will be given to him. God says, man, if you lack wisdom, ask me. So if you're going through a hard time in your life that you're so discouraged, so down, you should say, God, what do you want me to learn from here? I remember when my, uh, I had, uh, my mom went through cancer and all this stuff like that. Uh, she's cancer-free now, but she would always, that was her prayer to God. God, what are, you, what are you trying to teach me through this? 
She would always say, don't focus on the problem, focus on the one that can fix the problem. So when you're going through a hard time, where do you seek the wisdom to help you? Where do you find the encouragement to help you? You see, that's why people who don't know Jesus fall into dark places because they put their hope in different things and not gonna bring them true love, true hope, and true peace. But if you're a follower of Christ today, and you understand this, yeah, there's gonna be some hard times, but we can put our trust in who God is. And if you're like, man, this is a hard time, then God says, man, just ask me for wisdom. Ask me for wisdom to help you understand. And sometimes we won't understand. Like I never understood why my 11-year-old nephew had to get cancer. Praise the Lord, he's doing good. He's growing like that. But, but there's some question, but here's the thing. I know through all this, God has a plan. And even now, my, my nephew's 16 years old, man, he is now kids with cancer, man, he goes and tells Jesus to them. And I see now, like, man, okay, he went through this, man, so now he has a bigger audience so he can tell Jesus, about Jesus. You see, everything we go through is with a purpose. And remember, this, this earth is full of, of sin and curses, and Satan's trying to pull us away from remembering that. But that's why it's so important that you surround yourself with people that give you good, godly, sound advice. They may not know the answer, Right? You don't want to have friends like Job trying to figure out the answer, but just more of remembering who God is. That's what Job said. Job said to his friends, man, why are you being this kind of friend? Man, if you're a good friend, remind me who God is, not pull me away from the Almighty. You see, God even calls out Job's three friends, saying, man, why did you tell him that? But Job, you know what God told Job? Job, pray for your friends. Encourage them. So seek godly wisdom. Seek people, if you're going through a hard time, seek people that have a a strong relationship with God. They may not give you the answer, but at least they can encourage you and remind you of who God is, even through the hard times that you're going through. Lastly is this. So the way we get out of discouragement is by knowing who God is, by seeking godly wisdom, and last is this, by trusting in God. Remember, Job went through all this mess in his life, all this mess, right? We see the first, in chapter one, man, he's not cursed God at all. He's still faithful even to the end. That he says, even when he call out God, he says, hey, I'm sorry, God. I remember who you are. Because here's the thing. When we remember who God is, if we spend time in God's word, reading God's word, remembering who he is, when we go through hard times, we're in part, when we're in discouragement, when we're discouraged, we're gonna trust in God to find our, tr- our true joy and our hope. Jeremiah Chapter 17, 5, is the prophet Jeremiah, he says this, Thus says the Lord, Curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. Basically this, he's saying, man, curse is the one who puts their hope in man and in themselves. Why? Because their hearts turn away from the Lord. That's why, I remember I said to that fifth, fifth grader, I was like, one of the reasons I believe Christians suffer is so that we can trust less in ourselves and more in God. But that only happens by how much you know of God. Look at this. Jeremiah 17, 7 says this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. So we go, the curse is this. If you put your trust in yourself and in man, your heart's gonna turn away from the Lord. You're not gonna find true hope or true joy. But if you put your trust in Jesus, if you put your trust in the Lord, even good or bad days, you're gonna be solid in your relationship with the Lord. But it all comes from understanding and knowing who God is, spending time in his word. Listen, the only thing that can destroy our hope, our joy, is forgetting God's promises. And Job did that a little bit. 
If you read the book of Job, remember he kind of kind of faded away and forgot who God was, and God's like, all right, let me remind you who I am. And he was just silent, and then Job says, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I repent of what I said. But that's why it's so important that we read God's word, spend time in God's word, seek godly advice that reminds us of who God is, especially when we're going to hard times, so that we will trust in him. Again, Satan doesn't want us to trust him. Satan said to, to God, the only reason why Job loves you, God, is because you give him stuff. You take his stuff away, he's going to hate you. That's what I'm teaching my kids, to not love their toys more than God. It's a really interesting conversation. But, but we're doing that. That's the conversation we're having, right? Because they love their toys, love all this. And I asked them the question, if God took away, if, if your toys went all away, do you still love God? And you're kind of like, uh, yes. Like, so like, even little kids have that question. But think about that. If all the stuff you have right now that brings you joy, all this stuff goes away, will you still say to God, it is well with my soul because I know you and I trust in who you are. Because remember, guys, what can, de- what can destroy our joy and our hope in God is forgetting his promises and who he is. And that's why it's so important that you spend time in God's word, digging in God's word, but as well surround yourself with people that even— through hard times, they may not have the answer, but they can at least push you towards who God is and remind you of who he is so that you would trust in him no matter what. And then you can say, it is well with my soul. So guys, I hope that you understand this with Job and that you yourself will say, it is well with my soul, even when you go through hard times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much for the life of Job. Lord, he went through a lot of stuff. And Lord, just that question, why does bad things happen? It's such a hard question to answer. But I just pray through the life of Job, we can see this, that everything that we go through is for your glory. God, you made us for two reasons, to know you, to love you, and to make you known as we live our lives. But God, we thank you that you never leave us. I, even, I praise you, even that, that chapter when you told Satan to say, hey, you can destroy everything that Job owns, but not him. And I thank you that you still protect us. You still care for us. You still love us. Lord, help us to love you, not because you give us things, but because you are the almighty God, all-powerful God, all-knowing God, that even though we were yet sinners, you still love us by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And on the third day, you raise him up in glory so that by trusting in Jesus alone, asking him to come into our lives, we can be your sons and daughters again, be adopted into your family. We thank you, God. Lord, I pray if there's a student here this morning who is going through a hard time, I pray that they would just be reminded of who, they, of who you are and get closer to you. I pray that they will surround themselves with great friends, even maybe even more mentors, Lord, that will help them just to remind them of who you are and that they will always put their trust in you. But God, I just pray that we will always love you no matter what and put our trust in you and that you will guide us to where you want us to be so that we can bring you glory with our lives. God, we love you and we praise your name. We pray, amen. All right, good morning and citizens, right? That was it. All right, all right, good morning, all right, we'll see you guys. Have a good week, God bless.